Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bondel. Hello. Hello. Hello, Icon You. I know my internet is being like, as most of you listening out in the dark know, my um, our, our current recording setup involves a lot of technology and us looking at each other on screens. But my internet is really misbehaving while we're recording this episode. Cross your fingers, I make it through the whole thing. Um, so I don't have my camera on, so it's just a little icon of me sitting in front of the one of the dragons at Cardiff Castle when I had really blonde hair. Like my hair looks very great in this photo and does not look like that right now. <laughs> So what are we talking about today? Oh my gosh. I really hope that my internet can like hold it down for this for this 45 minute segment because we are talking about the return of Cobra, the bonk the most bonker show on television. And uh our regular contributor contributor, Janet Mullaney, has joined us to uh to dig into it since she's since she gets the particular joy of recapping it. Hey Janet. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, it, it's um it's an absolutely baffling show, <laughs> more so than the season one. Um, <laughs> I texted I texted this to Annie yesterday when I was watching it, and I was like, I truly, from one moment to the next, have no idea what is about to happen. Like, literally anything. It could be anything. And you just don't know. It's wild. Yeah. American television kind of had a phase where dramas would do this, where dramas would just keep winding things up and never really resolve anything. And then they would wind up another bonkers thing. And then at the end of the next episode, they'd wind up another bonkers thing. Um, 24 was a really good ex- uh, uh, version of this. Um, and uh, so was, um, 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 what was the uh, uh, Empire on Fox? That was another one. Um, and this very much has that kind of keep winding it up energy. Like Empire? had actual ghost characters at one point and I'm like we're gonna do that before this is over right well it could it could go anywhere I mean the first season which was far more coherent did actually (laughs) decide to be a different sort of tv show every other episode um (laughs) but this is um actually it seems to be mostly Robert Sutherland being cross and that is of (laughs) course um yeah, yeah. The he's, prime minister is mad. The prime minister is mad, yes. He's just annoyed with everyone. The team is letting him down. And um, also, I think one thing that really struck me in this first episode was like everybody's tired. And so you get footage of people falling asleep in cars as they're being driven around. And it's, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's tough at the top of government, but it's not that interesting for us to see how tired people are um and yet and yet they are and we see them i mean just like thinking of the first two episodes and i'm gonna run down on my hand like the insane things that happen Mm -hmm. a world war ii boat blows up in the thames and there is a world war ii boat actually in the thames it's been there for a long time it's full of explosives and now and again the government did this around about it. The last I heard was that they were going to cut the turrets off, which show up at low tide. Um, and you'd think <laughs> that wouldn't be a good idea. I guess it's surrounded by all sorts of barriers, so you can't get at it. But at least- I mean, you would think that the potential of a large naval craft exploding in the river would be kind of enough plot for an episode, but oh no. Oh no. There's, there's the boat that might explode 
the boat that does explode, the tsunami that reshapes the coastline of Kent, the random oligarch from Ukraine who gets murdered on a school rugby pitch. Some in a helicopter. Wannabe, some wannabe terrorists who get arrested for shoplifting. Who might um, have done it. Who might have yes. done it. We don't know. Uh, some some near-death surprise, not death. Some hypothermia. Mm-hmm. I j- what else? I mean, there's so much. Oh, oh and then I found the, 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 so, the second title of the season is Cyber War. So yes. there's like a weird hack yeah. as well. And There's just a lot. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of unnecessary drama. Um, just an example of this. When this tsunami, sorry, I can't pronounce it, tsunami comes ashore, um, Fraser uh, Walker, who is the oh head of- Oh my God, when he is trapped in his truck, I just couldn't. It was just like every Lifetime movie I've ever seen. Yes, he yes he immediately drives to a lower level instead of a higher <laughs> level. <laughs> He tells everyone to get to high ground, too. I will go into this tunnel. That is safe. <laughs> so I can escape out of my car the wrong way. He doesn't even do it correctly, I believe. And then then float around on top of it for a while. And really, when you think about it, too, um, just about um, everybody in the main characters, that's uh, Audrey Hemmings, who is Fraser's new assistant. I hope she doesn't get a big crush on him. I mean, she's sort of young and sweet. Well, I was confused because for a minute she seemed to be blind and then she was fine. I I thought she was going to get a crush on the captain and we were going to get like a a, a, a enemies to lovers thing. But then 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 that sort of didn't happen. No, I I don't think we'll be seeing him again. It doesn't mean it won't. Well, who knows? (laughs) I mean, he was nice looking. He was. Yes. He also apparently can inflate a life raft in like 45 seconds during the middle during the middle of like a disaster. Right? Like he had an entire boat with a, with a whole roof and I couldn't figure out where it came from, how he got it or how he inflated it. It was just magically there. I mean, having just watched some of my best friends blow up like those pool floaties that are really <laughs> aggressive, like the giant unicorns, it took them a long time to do that. Okay. We have a giant unicorn and yes. we... We have a we have a mechanical inflator. For I think it. it's something special they learn in the navy, like oh. how how to inflate an inflatable when you're underwater. <laughs> I I'm still stuck on the fact that the SS Richard Montgomery is real. Okay, yes. like I'm I know that there's like tons of things that have happened since the boat blew up three quarters of the way through the first episode, but I'm still stuck on the fact that this is a, that this part of the story, like the other parts were not really like this based part on, they did research on. This yeah. part they did mm-hmm. research on. They went to Wikipedia too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently when they were um, planning the next series, somebody said, why don't we have an epidemic? And everybody said, this was pre-COVID. Said, oh no, that's boring. <laughs> But I can. I, I think that was actually a lucky decision because you would have had yeah. everybody social distancing, so it would have been rather like our podcast technology. We'd be we'd be looking at a screen. Well, which... our podcast technology is basically on the same level as their mobile networks. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I did I did like there there were several things I really liked about that first episode. Um, I loved the fact that like. Um, they got blamed on fracking by mm-hmm. uh, Anna's son blamed it on fracking. 
Oh my gosh, her like her, her terrible Gen Gen Z son. I oh, just yes. can't. He calls her a boomer and she's like, I'm Gen X. And I'm like, I relate to this conversation. <laughs> Solidarity girl. <laughs> um, I also I okay, so I'm pretty sure that Anna and Robert had an affair at least once. Oh, 100%. They have hooked up. They did when they were in college, but he seems to have okay. a much more intimate relationship with her than with his wife. But on the other yes. hand, his wife was one of the causes of him nearly losing the election because she was telling lies for her daughter. Oh, can we talk about can we talk about all the bonkers things that happened between seasons? Oh, yes. <laughs> all the bonkers things. Yes. Oh, like the fact that the daughter went to the daughter like went on trial and went to jail and then didn't. Oh no, she went to jail but it was a very short sentence and then she was sent to Chile. Now I mean, I'm I'm a parent, but I don't think if I wanted to keep my kids safe, I would necessarily send them to Chile. It just doesn't seem like a good spot to go to. On the other hand, it's so far away, we won't be bothered with her anymore. I suppose that's true. Yeah. And also, I guess he won like re-election by like the teeniest of margins, but yeah. that in mm-hmm. his view is like a mandate, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because there's a new Labour leader and the Labour Party is perking itself up. Oh, the guy from the guy from Broadchurch is the new labor leader. That's right. That's yes. right. Um we also have the new cabinet member um who is uh the uh the new homeland secretary mm-hmm. who are, uh, is a uh, the new home secretary who is uh the uh, the Duke of Hastings' father from Bridgerton who is apparently become religious and also a Tory. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, well, I think he was always a Tory. Um Oh, okay. But yeah, Richard Peppel um, plays Joseph Obasi. I, I did. I did love Anna's face when he started reciting the Bible at her, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Robert trying to grasp for something to respond with. Yes. Um, but honestly, like, oh, I also really loved like I love the little throwaway moments. Like they're not actually in Cobra; they're actually in briefing room J so it's not even that they're they're not actually in because Cobra stands for cabinet office briefing room A but they're actually in cabinet office briefing room J so this technically isn't even Cobra it's Cobra J well it doesn't trip off the tongue (laughs) (laughs) and also the British government British governments love acronyms so you know anything that turns into a word is good Oh, Janet, I was going to ask you, there's a seat, there's a moment where like somebody has the news on in the background and one of the reporters is talking about how a full Cobra has been convened. Is that like something they actually say on the news? Yeah. Did they just tell the public that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did did they convene a Cobra when they got rid of Johnson? Oh, I don't think so. I I, I mean, it (laughs) it it seems very weird that... You know, we're watching Cobra, and at the same time, we're getting this massive education about what happens when <laughs> British government goes wrong and how you get rid um, of a bad prime minister. It doesn't seem that easy. Oh, um, speaking speaking of real life things, that is actually probably the thing that struck me the the hardest. So we have this Russian oligarch who gets blown up in a helicopter by a drone strike over mm-hmm. a school because the school. I think he's Ukrainian, actually, because the school is um the school is renting out its 
its football pitch to how to to foreign people to take to rich people to take off and and land because that's how it's dealing with the funding shortfall. This is a throwaway line at one point. Yes, and I just I I just fell over. I was like that could be an entire plot in and of itself for an entire season, and instead it's just kind of like oh yeah, and that's a thing, and we really kind of need to cover it up. Yeah, it's interesting because I I think one of the weaknesses of this of this season so far and I have watched all of it but I did keep falling asleep um not that that has anything to do blasphemy well it it doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the show I I just tend to fall asleep if I'm lying down while I'm watching anything just about so um where was this long thought going okay oh I know what it was it was there is no sense of um a, ju- a moral journey. Oh, which is funny considering there's that long scene in, in the second episode where they talk about how they like debated philosophy or whatever when they were in college. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a whole thing about how like Robert is basically making a deal with the devil and the devil being David Haig chewing the scenery um, uh, where he... I mean, it's very obvious by the end of episode two that he's basically going to offer the foreign secretary position to Archie um, and let him back into the cabinet and probably Mm -hmm. fire whoever it is that Archie told him to fire. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's the one lady I'm pretty sure he hasn't slept with in the cabinet. Um, Oh, the war minister lady. Yeah, like she, the the one who speaks techno babble and he foreign secretary and 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 he needs to basically. uh, I don't think she's the foreign secretary. She's just a she's a technocrat. Um, or she's she's like the eyes and ears because also she's spying on people through um through through the uh through the camera and like at the very end of episode two she's spying on um the radio DJ who is apparently yes. somehow involved. Can I just note that the end of episode two almost seems to wrap up the fir- this the the whole calamity. I mean, yes. here's the thing that I thought that was so funny about this, because much like the first season, like the through line of what the show is supposed to be about is just like non-existent. You know how last time we had the like solar flare mm-hmm. that only destroyed a tiny percentage of people's electronics and still allowed their cell phones to work. Now we get hackers that disable only like emergency services phones or email or something, but everyone else's yeah. mobiles work until they don't. I know it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the hackers attach... The emergency communications, um, but I think, but I, I think it is going to become, I think it is going to work through the system because I mean, clearly, if you if you hack into something that big, you're going to have other things coming in, right? Yes. and they do mention that they're like we see code that might be triggering something else, and I assume that episode three will begin with I don't know some other like. A hack that will disable things at a terrible moment as something else and something else happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's kind of why we wrapped up things in those first two episodes. But it was really startling to me because, the you know, the boat storyline was so uh, sort of um, was sort of emphasized in the marketing that somehow I just sort of assumed that that would go for six episodes. And like by the end of episode two, like everyone was safe and the, and, and job well done, everyone. And I was like, wait, really? <laughs> and the only person that died was like some character we've never seen. Oh, right. Right. The, the MP for the area died. And um, and they were saying that 
500 known deaths and many casualties. And it's like, oh, well, we're done with this now. So let's move on to something else. And of course, it's a really lucky break for the Labour Party because there's a seat to fill. And so Francine is um, is is after that seat. Do they just get to like appoint someone to fill that seat? Like, I get real she doesn't even go here vibes. <laughs> um, no, no, they t- there'd have to be an election. Okay, so she had she they, they don't do appointment. You know when um when senators die here in the states um or 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 house members, uh, mm-hmm. governors usually are the ones who get to appoint for the rest of the term of the person who yeah. passed and and then or until a special election can be called. Mm-hmm. So sometimes sometimes it's for the whole term. Sometimes it's until a special election happens. Sometimes it's almost to the entire term. The special election happens and the person, the new person serves for like three days. Like it's really not. But in, in the UK, there has to be an election. There's no appointment. Yeah. There's no special person. There's no person that sits in there and holds the space. Yeah. yeah well, un- unlike our own system, elections are very fast affairs there. Oh, that's true. Yes. So it's like two, three weeks. Bang. Someone else is in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that ours were fast over here. Yeah, I know everybody I know who doesn't live in America is like, how do you guys have like election seasons that like last for multiple years? And, no and I'm like, I wish that they, I wish that they didn't. Yeah, well, they don't have all this, um, all this media bombardment. Um, they get set amounts of time to go on air and say things. And if you've been watching Twitter, you've probably been watching the very strange little videos. That the eight, I think it's eight candidates at the moment, yes. the prime minister have been making, um, and uh, so it is a different kettle of fish. Uh, but oh, I don't know, you know. And and the thing is about the new Labour Party; they're in this very strange building. It's like you know the glass house in which nobody's going to throw a stone. But they're showing themselves to be just as callous and unprincipled. As Sutherland's government is, you know, well, yeah, I think we need to declare your running, but we'll wait until after the funeral. I mean, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, I, I, I am, I am a little startled, and this also threw me in in Cobra season one is the idea of the of the nice Tory, oh, and yeah. how much this has become part of, you know, I know that we've basically had Tory rule since Gordon Brown. Um, and that that there has been this unbroken streak of Tory prime ministers since, um, and that that has, in a lot of ways, very much influenced um, TV and government and, and shows like Cobra. But I am I I'm still just every time I'm told this is a nice Tory, I just look at them like what? <laughs> well, I think part of the problem is I don't think the show actually knows what that means. Yeah. Much like many of the other, much like many of the other stories it chooses to tell. Yeah. They just want to say that he is a Tory without actually having to look at what, what that, means. that means he would actually believe. Because I can't, honestly, outside of getting elected and not wanting his daughter to go to jail mm-hmm. and being really annoyed with foreign governments, I guess. I mean, I guess he likes torture. He seemed kind of down with that. Mm-hmm. <gasps> that yeah. moment where he said the thing about, I'll show him cancel culture in the yes. in the Thames <laughs> basement. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yes. so he hates cancel well, culture. He's in a All bad right. mood. He likes cancel culture. I <laughs> yeah. don't know. But do you remember at the end of season one, and I actually copied and pasted this into my notes, um, Anna says when they're sorting out um, 
the aftermath of season one's many disasters, Anna says, <laughs> announce a wealth tax to fund a solidarity scheme for victims of the storm. People with gold taps on their yachts can afford it. Say we are going to do things differently now. Support diversity without being a box-ticking opportunist. Be presidential as you have been all through this crisis. What? But has any of that okay. happened? I don't think I'm gonna so. I'm going to go with no. no. Certainly not the presidential. I mean, well, he hasn't been throwing ketchup around, but he's been, but he's yelling a lot in this, and he's rude to <laughs> Eleanor, his MI5 leader, who mm-hmm. actually handles him very well. Um, she just sort of takes him at face value. But Wait, um, is she the one who's like, I'm going to bully my own subordinates now? That's right, <sighs> yes. yes. Yes, yes. She, she is very, very calm and presumably very, very capable. And of course, um, Archie Glover Morgan wants to have her fired because remember in season one, he was on about firing Anna all the time. And of course, Robert would never do that. But he will he will fire the other one because he hasn't slept with her. Oh, well, no, no. She's, uh, she's in a relationship with another woman and several dogs. That's what yes. I kind of thought. Yes. Is it, I was like, I'm pretty sure we we learned that she that that she was a lesbian last last season, yes. but I couldn't quite remember. But you know, I just get this sort of vibe from Robert, and maybe it's because of him and Anna that he's basically slept with every single woman that he interacts with who is straight. He's kind of Bill Clintonish that way. Um, oh, I, I just I just get that vibe from him. I don't get that at all. I think he's really? not interesting enough. Really, <laughs> I think he's I think he's about Anna, and that's it. Now, Fraser Walker gets around, I think. Oh, your man. Yes. That's your I, man. Yeah. That's Richard Dormer. Um, I mean, he's too dumb not to go into a tunnel during a tsunami, but other than that, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Exa- exactly. Well, you can't have everything. You have to settle. Also, he can't get pensioners on a bus. He tried very hard to get those pensioners on a bus, and they kept walking down the beach. I don't know. That just felt really realistic to me, because yeah. like, if you ever watch the Weather Channel mm-hmm. when like a hurricane is coming to America, and there's people who are like, you know, throwing hurricane parties or like refusing to leave their beachfront property in mm-hmm. the face of a Category Five storm, and you're just like, okay. Well, the thing that also shocked me about that was that those people were walking around; they were in danger. He did not open his doors and say, "Quick, get in here and drive them into deep water." Yes, I did catch that too. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't try to get any of them. He just yeah. jumped in his own car and drove away. I did catch that. Yes. Um. I also. I, were you weirded out by the fact that I mean I, I as you said this this season was written before the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, so obviously this season was. I just, like truly don't want to ever see the show do a pandemic. No, me neither. So terrible. But obviously, therefore, it was also written and probably and filmed before the the Russian Ukrainian war that's going yeah. on right now, and so the whole thing about bloop the the whole thing about like Ukraine stuff that's been sort of a uh, that that that's been sort of burbling underneath. Um, I I've been I I every time it comes up, I'm a little like. What? Who? When? Yes. Uh, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. No, this is a world in which that war is not happening. Yeah. But, you know, I think there is a sort of, well, I mean, this is not a series you go to for subtlety. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was trying to say that with a straight face. But um, there is a reference that uh, Audrey made. She'd lost her father recently and she said he died alone. And that was such a terrible thing for people in England that they could not be with their loved ones when they died. 
or they or, mm. and, and in some cases they couldn't have funerals and that right. might be a reference to a pandemic for a pandemic that has been and gone and mm. uh some shows yeah. did do that yes. too that was very much like they make like one offhand reference to like a global situation where millions of people have died and then they were like and eh, we kept it moving and moving on yes but that's like that's really cobra's whole motto yes. is like and we kept it moving <laughs> right <laughs> like i feel like a pandemic would seriously like be like a subplot of like a third of an episode that mm-hmm. would just get dropped like oh and then americans started dying and we in the uk went to something else like i just i genuinely feel like that would be how cobra would handle the pandemic mm-hmm. Um, I also, I, I, you know, I, I, I brought up earlier that I feel very much like the Tory government has very much influenced shows like this. The last show that I watched where I felt like the Tory government and the fact that we've had a Tory government for so long had sort of influenced the show's moral structure and story was the capture. And I, there was, there's a moment in episode one where, where they basically have a bureau of, uh, of, of creating things to, so that they can arrest people that they want to arrest, even though they don't actually have any evidence they did the thing they're suspected of doing. And that is yes. straight out of the capture. Like the capture is all about that bureau. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's straight out of, that's the KGB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not new. I know, but it was it was very strange for me to feel like Cobra sort of intersects with one of the most one of the more right wing shows that I have seen out of the UK in a while outside of Bodyguard. Um mm-hmm. and, and it almost makes me expect to I don't know, intersect with Bodyguard next. <laughs> I don't know, Richard Madden will walk by, something like that. I would not be mad if that happened. How do we feel about weirdo conspiracy guy? Weirder conspiracy guy. Oh, um, that's uh, the podcaster. Har- oh, the podcaster, Hari Misra. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you for knowing his name because he's the one at the very end of episode two who gets the note, and I'm like, who was that guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but somebody's like feeding him information, yes. and he had uh, what's her name, the liberal that went to work Francine, for the Tories and yes. then quit, and then quit like thirty seconds later because mm-hmm. consequences. Who does them? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought that was sort of strange. I mean. She immediately went into this big flirt mode with him and him with her, whereas in fact they're on the opposite ends of the, of the political spectrum. Maybe that just creates a buzz for them, uh, because she pretty much did the same thing. And I thought, oh, this is sort of tiresome. This is the girl who gets around. She falls in love with a suitable person in every season. Please let it not be that. Um, but, uh, you know, there was all that significant eye contact and then they exchanged phone numbers, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Well, then they went on a date. I thought that was a date because they're drinking wine. They're like in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Why are they there? But they're also gossiping. They're also gossiping about like his conspiracies and mm-hmm. her her plans to maybe run. I think that's what the kids say is like small talk now. Oh, oh, OK. I don't know. That's Just foreplay. Guessing. <laughs> Listen, I'm in I'm in my 40s. We we talk about things like the dishwasher broke. <laughs> <laughs> we t- we talk about the people who come in like about how we've bought a house and how we're moving soon. Ooh, you saucy wench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess for people who are in the upper levels of government, it's different. But it is interesting that 
nearly every series that is made about the British government, there is always a Tory government in power. And, or perhaps it's just that there is a really good chance that something underhand is going to happen or they're shown to be the villains for the right reasons or the villains for the wrong reasons. Um, I mean, it's really just not to upset anyone. You know, this is why Robert Sutherland is a nice conservative. <laughs> well, I just spent half the first episode being like, how did this man get reelected? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, not just because he seems incompetent as a leader. And I love you, Robert Carlyle. Like, let's distinguish actor character here. Like, he seems incompetent as a leader. Like, what kind of leader gets hit with that many disasters that close together and then wins re-election after having handled them all, like, in a mediocre fashion and having a daughter that dealt drugs? Come on now. Yeah, I think I think the family thing would have absolutely just killed his chances of doing anything more. Particularly as um, his wife got off because... Um, because she was found not guilty, it's like the evidence didn't didn't um, gel um, for the case. So, you know, I'm sure people had suspicions about that. Now, isn't yeah. isn't it Peter Mott who um, the one that Archie makes the one that Archie sort of rounded up to be his minion? Yes, isn't he also part of this case? And 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 isn't that sort of the problem and why he's sort of going back to Archie? Wasn't he like their press per? Wasn't he their press? Yes, the funny was... thing about this show is that I have face blindness about pretty much every plot point, and it only like the vaguest awareness. I think he was their PR flag. He was coaching them incompetently, and then he went oh, right. over to the dark side. Although I must say, the line where he came in and accused Archie of being another vicious old wreck was just pure gold. <laughs> Listen, everything with David Haig is pure gold in this show. Yeah. Like, I love him so much. I love the way that he just, he swaggers into every scene. He picks up the largest chunk of scenery he can possibly grab and just starts gnawing on it like a dog with a bone. It's the greatest. And he doesn't even care. Like, he's like, I know exactly what I'm doing here and I'm going to have a ball while doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really felt that, um, you know, I mean, the first season certainly he just dominated every scene, and he's continuing to do it. And he's um, not in as many yes, scenes, though. No. I'm really hoping that once he gets foreign secretary, which I assume will happen in episode yes. three, mm -hmm. that we're going to get him dominating the the the, the Cobra panels yes. again and saying absolutely horrendous things all the time. Right. But I think this, I think this is a problem of the writing that um, that Robert Sutherland should really be a much more interesting character than he is. I mean, basically what he's doing in certainly at the beginning of the series is just standing around and shouting at his staff and demeaning them and saying, I want to know, get me the evidence now, get it yesterday. Uh, and um, and he does, and uh, it is notable that he ends both episodes basically running around yelling and swearing. Yes. And that is that is that is very notable, and it makes him seem very ineffective. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a whole thing where 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 Archie is basically sort of pushing at him, saying you don't want to look weak now. But mm. the thing is, is that Robert already looks weak, and I think that sort of undermines that that whole 
I I mean, obviously, we know that David Haig is going to be given a larger role. It was basically right in the synopsis that he's going to be foreign secretary. Mm -hmm. So, like, we know that he's getting promoted and we know that Robert's going to bend to his will. But he was already Robert was already in a sort of a state of collapse before we got there. Mm -hmm. I, I almost feel like. Like he hasn't recovered from last season. Like he won, but he has he has nothing. He mm-hmm. has no clout. He has no he has no uh, 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 he has he he can't do anything. He's like a lame duck almost. Yes, I I I keep thinking very fondly of the full Monty. <laughs> you do know that he is actually starring in Disney Plus's The Full Monty revival series. That is just such a peculiar idea. I mean Disney, Full Monty revival. <laughs> I just, I just wanted you to know. I believe it is going to be. I believe it's the Full Monty, the next generation. Um, but I don't actually know that for sure. Oh Lord, is he like their mentor? Yes, I believe so. I believe <laughs> it is something to that effect, and it's going to be on Disney Plus. So of course, it's going to actually be kind of chaste. Did they? Did they see the first movie? <laughs> I, I'm thinking that it's going to be like, you know, Magic Mike, but, you know, like the, the, the kiddie version of Magic Mike. <laughs> but yes, Robert Carlyle is coming back for that. And I that is something else that that wasn't in my mind in season one, but has been every yeah. single time he's on screen in Sigmund 2. <laughs> it's just picturing, it's just knowing that. Yes. So what did you think of Joseph Obazi? I do like him a lot, yes. actually. Yeah. Um, he was uh, the first time I saw him. I think uh, um, I'm trying to remember what the first sh- the first show I saw him in. He's a little like a um, is it, I, I've seen him in other things where he's kind of the he's kind of the bad guy, mm-hmm. and here he 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 kind of played into that and then turned into the good guy at the end and I really sort of liked that Mm -hmm. that the show took my assumptions that he was going to basically be a bad guy and like basically played on them Mm -hmm. um when shows do that effectively I always find it really Mm -hmm. I always think that's great and um Cobra because Cobra is so whack most of the time um when it does something rather effectively in that in 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 that uh in that way like i i actually i i do think he is going to be um i do think i'm i'm waiting still for him to turn out to be like masterminding all of this from underneath or taking over yes i think there is something going on with him because um but so far yes. they keep making him they keep they keep uh, subverting my expectations mm-hmm. Right. Like the fact that he got the, the fact that he was so nice to Frazier when he got out there, the fact that he was the fact that he was all, that he was like, oh, that's a media thing. We should do that. And like, yes, co- basically covering the government's butt in a yes. way. Oh, my gosh. Wait, we didn't talk about the crazy thing where the missing girl's brother showed up with his biker gang. Oh, yes. <laughs> this show. <laughs> That, that was instead, very funny. Instead of many little boats, it's many little bikes. Yes. I know. It was totally like, it's totally like every time there's a hurricane in the Gulf, you always hear about the Cajun Navy showing, <laughs> from Louisiana showing up to help people. It's just like the Cajun bikers. I don't know. I was just like, are we for real right now? But of course we are, because that's how the show rolls. But, whew. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was actually rather sweet. And, um. Yeah, but the thing about Joseph Abasi, I'm not sure how loyal he's going to be to Sutherland. 
um, because one of the first things he said to Fraser Walker was that um, making the decision to make the arrest of the two possible terrorists or whatever they were um, was a mistake. Right. And that was what that was one of the things that I was like. And, you know, Frazier's just like, glad I don't have to make those decisions. But I that was one of the things where I was like, they're setting this guy up to be a bad guy. And then mm-hmm. he didn't pull the pin. Mm-hmm. And so I was sort of like, OK, so he's kind of a good guy. But I am suspicious. I think he's an opportunist. And mm-hmm. I think if Robert does go down with the ship this season, that we will see him as the next PM. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, it, well, he's been hired by an opportunist. Because he is from a working class background, but he's so he's obviously somebody who has, you know, um, educated himself and raised himself up, which is, you know, a big Tory thing. And um, and of course, he's black. So that makes everybody look good, like they're meeting the quota. So he's really a sort of win win appointment. I, I had a question about how we even think he got appointed to this job. Because in America, like the president appoints cabinet members and they have to get approved by the Senate or whatever, but like he still picks the people or she at some point, hopefully in the future, mm-hmm. picks um their own they 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 nominate people for cabinet positions. Mm-hmm. So how does the UK do this? Like why would he pick someone who isn't like one hundred percent team Robert? Um, also, like, is it, it, it obviously the parliament doesn't have to like approve him, right? Yeah, I'm really not sure how how that happens. I think it's you know people who are working in the government in some capacity um, get just get a promotion. Uh, I, I mean, you have to understand that a lot of the British government is a massive mystery to me too. It really is very <laughs> peculiar. And when you look at the cabinet titles as well, there's some really strange titles that sound like they're a leftover from the Middle Ages and probably are. Um, I, I have a question. The whole Singer report thing that was ne- that was just that kept getting floated about and then mm-hmm. sort of dropped toward yeah. the end of the, the second episode. Is that supposed to be something that carried over from season one? I think it's supposed to it's supposed to be about his 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 family, right? No, it's about remember remember when there was a blockade on the motorway? Yes. And the troops were called out yes. and Robert told them to fire if necessary and they fired and they shot a woman reporter. Yes, yes, I do remember that's that. That's what that's about. <gasps> oh, okay. I have only the vaguest mental idea that this actually happened. I, I do. I know. I remember. I remember that. I remember that that scene of the reporter getting yeah. shot. Right. Okay. So now that. Okay. Thank you. I was trying to figure okay, out. Okay, that's this, worse than the stuff with his family. So okay. I was okay. trying to figure out what the singer report was for most of episode two, and I was like, I didn't think it was his family, and I'm like, is it just something that we're supposed to find out later, or is that something that was supposed to be a holdover from season one? So that answers my question. Thank you. Well, I I guess I'm right on that, but you know the thing about the series is that there are all these mystifying elements to it. And it is really impossible um, to decide whether you should remember this in case something happens in the episode after next, which is related to this particular thing and so on. I mean, mean, it really is rather formless, but I think a lot of TV series are actually um, becoming rather formless. One is that they really want to get 
another season out of it. I mean, I think that happened with Gentleman Jack. Oh, no. Season three has been greenlit. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Season three has been greenlit. And I even I believe it even has a subtitle, though. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Well, I you know, I think that happened with Gentleman Jack. I mean, I love Gentleman Jack. It was wonderful. But when you think about it, it was really didn't have much of an overarching plot because season one was about Gentleman Jack courting and then marrying. And then season two was sort of about a lot of things. You know, we never found out what happened with the pigs. And I rather think that Cobra is going to be the same way. Oh, that it, that, yeah. that it keeps going this way. It's going to sort of, uh, it's going to sort of lose its, it, it, it is already sort of formless. Um, yes. Okay. Cobra 3. I was going to say, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. This show has no narrative through line to speak of. Right. Like, true. Even though it tries to, it literally just moves from insane thing to insane thing. So okay. I don't, I I think the show could run forever. Okay. With maybe like different prime ministers. <laughs> let me, let me read, let me read you the synopsis for Cobra season three. In Cobra Rebellion, we find Prime Minister Robert Rebellion. We find Prime Minister Robert Sutherland. Oh, okay, so apparently he's still going to be Prime Minister at the end of the season. Spoiler alert! Um, And his government faced with a new crisis. Oh, he's still going to be in power. Spoiler alert! A sinister rebellion from within. In a fraught climate where extreme eco-protests, arms deals, and shadowy corporate security firms collide, Sutherland is forced to question everything, including what he is willing to sacrifice to remain in power. Ooh. <laughs> so is he going is he going to turn into um Macbeth or um well it could be about anything, couldn't it? It sounds like well, we have we haven't quite made our minds up. Like that's the beauty of this show yes. is it could literally be about anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. even tell you. Like at least the season two one started with a boat, <laughs> which is why I thought the boat would go for six episodes. I don't know why I thought that more obviously, than like ten I'm, minutes. Obviously, I have not been watching the show. Yes. <laughs> the thing about the boat is, um, it's had these um decaying weapons aboard. But there doesn't seem to be any danger actually from that, from the substances or the gases that might have been involved there. I also like how they were just like, well, this boat's leaking gas now. It's going to explode. Like, I, that oh, man just poked it. The moment when the moment when Fraser said, well, it probably won't explode was the moment I knew that boat would explode. Yes, right. <laughs> well, actually, Fra- Fraser has a lot of lines saying... Um, where he states the obvious. Yes, um, it's very it, true. He does. <laughs> it's like, I think we need to do something about this. <laughs> it, and whenever he says a thing will not happen, that's what a thing will yeah. happen. Um, I also, um, so the fracking thing that they're pausing or they're they're saying they're pausing is that is that something we should care about or should I forget about that? Um, well, it's just one of those things floating out there. I mean, essentially, there is a <laughs> Chinese company um, drilling in the North Sea, um, which is like the other side of the coastline. Um, but and, that's the thing that's supposed to have set off the boat? Yeah, because... Be, because that doesn't make any sense. Well, the, well um, earth tremors were caused by, by that drilling. And... Uh, okay, I suppose. So it is a possibility. It's a Chinese company, so you have the international element there. And uh, I'm not actually sure whether that ever gets resolved. So shall we tell the Captain Pugwash story? Oh, 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 yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. The, the, um, he, 
what, what is his real name? Uh, in in the show, uh, um, his, his real name is Mark Everly. This is okay. the guy who's one of the head Navy people. Yeah. Okay. So, um, at one point, Audrey Hemmings refers to him as Captain Pugwash, and she is referring to a beloved um, British TV children's show. Well, I found somebody who was um, also writing up this series, and he thought <laughs> he thought Captain or whatever he ever he is Evelyn's real name was Captain Pugwash, and. <laughs> And continued to refer to him as such, which I thought was really rather adorable. <laughs> so Captain Pugwash is, but but Captain Pugwash is not his actual name. It's no, a, it's it from no. a children's show. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I love that. and of course, Audrey meant it in a derogatory way because actually the first thing he said to her was, "I don't have girls on my ship." I know. Did they have to make him so like aggressively rude yes. just to be like, "Look, he's not a huge jerk. He's saving her life." He didn't let a human being die. He's a winner. That's right. And he cried. I, I'm looking up Captain Pugwash for the record. Apparently, he's a character from 1957. And he looks a little bit like the British version of um the of Family Guy, except a pirate. There you are. <laughs> I think that's probably all I need to know about him. Yeah, it, it's an obscure reference. And I, I was really hoping that Audrey might be playing a larger role later on but she's assistant to Fraser so she just has to tag along with Fraser despite her declaration that I'm I'm the nearest thing you have to number 10 Downing Street well yeah but there's a hierarchy here well that's too bad yeah. I get I suppose you can't have like a repeat though of Francine from last season because Francine was basically like she basically like used that as the springboard for her career. Yeah, but you know, Francine is still being Francine in this series too. It's true. So, I just thought they were gonna kill her. I thought I thought for sure she was like dead, dead in the first episode because I was yes. like, oh. oh no, no, no. When her what, as soon as her as soon as her brother showed up with their little biker gang or little pedal pedal whatever thing gang, I knew I knew that she was going to be safe. Yeah, those are those are technically motor scooters, which means motor one, scooters. Thank you. Yes, which means something different over here. But um, <laughs> but they are aging mods. Who um, I've never really understood mod what mods really were. There were the mods and the rockers, and the rock rockers were like the bad boys. They they dressed in leather and they had greasy hair, and um, you know they were bad. Um, whereas the mods were sort of middling. Uh, no, they sort of wore nice sweaters. <laughs> and they rode motorbikes where uh, mo motor scooters sorry where whereas the um where where's the rockers rode big bad motorcycles i um, see yes uh well i suppose we should be thankful her brothers weren't rockers then yeah right no they they were mods so they were basically guys who apparently grew into middle age still wearing nice sweaters <laughs> Sounds like husband material to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like we could keep going forever about this insane show, but I suspect <laughs> we will check back in with it towards the end of the season because quite frankly, I cannot tell you what I think the end of the season will involve. It could be anything. I have no idea. Like, I cannot even tell you what I want to happen for the rest of season two. I'm just going to hold on for the ride. 
That's really about all you can do with Cobra. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing about Cobra Rebellion, and now I'm thinking of like Tudor England, like right, like the like rising up for the Catholics or something. And I'm just like, it's gonna be so great. Oh, oh, oh! Now we're gonna have Henry the Eighth co- uh, 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 convene a Cobra over on stars. I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, okay. That's I'm gonna I'm executive stopping us, otherwise we won't stop. Janet, thank you as always for joining us. We love having you. Oh, my pleasure. And I sort of like taking one for the team in reviewing Cobra. I mean, there is worse stuff out there. Oh my gosh, yes. I really feel still very grateful I dodged the hotel portofino bullet. Sorry. <laughs> um uh, also, Janet's recaps are hilarious. If you're not reading them, like they're 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 just really great. You should go check them out. Well, thank you. But uh, tell everybody where they can find you online. Well, I'm sort of on Twitter. Um, I'm at Janet underscore Mullaney. But really, all I do is go around and like um, people's cats. So um, I'm not <clears throat> particularly active on Twitter. Uh, and I, I like other things too. But that's where I am. I'm also on Facebook. And the last picture I posted on Facebook was of me holding my cucumbers because I'm growing cucumbers. That feels very British. Yes. Annie, you are up. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Uh, you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy butts uh, at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Uh, I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and the associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. Um, so, yeah, if you uh, want to know what I'm writing about this week, just go to my Twitter because I'm probably retweeting all my bylines there. Huzzah. I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web, but I too always tweet my bylines and other assorted randomness. So come and be my friend and find out all about that excitingness. If you don't want any of that, the site and the pod are on social media at Televisions blog, all one word on Facebook, Tele underscore visions on Twitter. And you can listen to this podcast on YouTube at WETA's YouTube channel, WETA PBS. Whew, I've got to come up with a way to say that that doesn't ask me to say WETA so many times in succession. But speaking of WETA, we are a product of that station. And if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org and click on the donate button up top to help us keep doing it and support public media at the same time. You'll get access to PBS Passport, which is full of exclusive and early binge opportunities for folks, including... You don't have to wait for the rest of the season of Cobra. You can just go watch all the madness right now and a bunch of other stuff that will be coming this fall. It is, I don't know, it's summer. I keep, I'm losing like steam and thinking of inspirational like things to say at the end of my spiel here at the end. But uh, we are hoping that everyone is well, that you are taking care of yourselves, that you are taking care of each other, that you are being nice to neighbors and neighborhood cats and that you're having a good summer. Thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you next week.